I'm talking to one of Black Enterprise's Modern Man 100. I'm breaking into you next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking into. Hello, you guys out there. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Into here on Black Hollywood Live. I'm your host, James Lodge Jr., and I'm so glad to have you guys with me today. As always, I try to bring you the best guest on earth, and I have, a, I have a, a man who is doing great things. I am honored to have him on my show. He is successful. He is executive produces TV films and films. He's the CEO of LDI Networks. And like I said, he's one of Black Enterprise's modern men of 100, which is like, I mean, that's some, it's great stuff. Very proud to have him on my show. Louis Ariola, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I want to start with this a major, just one big question. Sure. What does it mean to you being a black businessman? It, I think it's a honor to be put in a in a situation that allows me to give back to uh, the community. And for me, it, it is about giving back, back, uh, putting a opportunities, giving uh, situations that allows people to put it to work, being able to let them learn how to uh, um, put things together. We're actually, um, I'm forming a company called uh, Unleashing Giants. And Unleashing Giants allows, it's an after-care program that we allow to kids to learn how from the beginning, from getting uh, a script, writing the script, acting, producing it, and then editing and then premiering the movie. Wow. We so these this is the things that being successful as a an entrepreneur mm-hmm. allows me to uh, build other platforms to teach young people, mm-hmm. but not only to teach young people but to also give jobs to uh, young men as well that's coming up. I love that name, Unleashing Giants. I yes. think it's a great name. Yes. Great name. Um, I like that. I like the fact that um, you know those of us who do move ahead should always try to carry the rest of us, uh, teach us to, to come together and come up because it should be not just that one slot. It should be a million slots. Correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's the it's the if we are able to move forward, we can. We need to bring people that uh, uh, need a help, a hand, bring them up as well. I like the idea of starting young um, because that's where the foundation is. You start, with, you start with young kids, teaching them how. I've had people on my show who do gardening, who do other things, and they, they always say you should start young and start to instill in them and show them examples of what they can be, correct? Absolutely. And the, especially the, the program that we're building is an after-school program. It's, uh, right now we're in... 30 different schools wow. in throughout L.A. right now. Wow. Um, and we're looking to even uh, increase that, uh, that those numbers. But what it allows me and what I found out is if with this program, it allows kids to learn how to write, mm. how, to produ- how to budget. Mm-hmm. Because in the film business, you need to create a budget oh, yeah. you need to figure out how to raise that money mm-hmm. but not only more important is to be able to communicate what you're trying to sell to others and i think this program that we're doing allows these young kids to 
look at a well at not only at a film or in entertainment, but in other avenues mm-hmm. of life that they want to go to. I was going to say that this is, this is all value information, just period. I mean, just the, these are great skill sets to teach people. But because I, one of the things that I, I always say about our community, um, a lot of times is that just knowledge. We don't have a lot of knowledge out there on how basic skills of budgets, you know, how to plan, you know, there's little, little things like that that actually are big deals and how to like when you want to get a house or do this or, or a job or how to, pr- how to present yourself to somebody out there. And I love that you're going to teach all this to, to the kids out there, how they kind of present themselves. Yeah, the, the, and, you know, the, these kids start anywhere from, you know, the, uh, uh, t- uh, from the third grade on up to junior high school. And then we're trying to get into the high school sections as well. So we're, there's a big plan for us to teach young people to be able to be productive citizens in the community, to be able to uh, not only be given something, but to have to learn to be able to do it themselves. Uh, and I, I really, truly believe that it's the most important thing for a someone that has success is to teach others, not yeah. to give any uh, is to teach them what you know. What's the whole thing of you know teach them how to fish and they'll and they'll they'll eat the rest of their lives kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Not just giving them fish and saying here's some fish. It's like no, actually yeah. teach them how to do it, and then you know you can work it out. I mean, the thing about you know the thing about America that is great. We are a land of opportunity. I mean, we really are a land of entrepreneurship. Um, I'm an entrepreneur also, and I have companies and things, and it's, it's one of those things that we can do that in this country. A lot of countries you can't do that. This one we can actually set you can set up things and work from the ground up to build something. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know the um, I happen to uh, in my telecommunications company we we are have we're contracted in twenty eight different countries wow. all over the world, and one of the things that I do see is the oppression. That and and the lack of opportunities that other countries have that yeah. we don't, especially in Africa. But we a lot oh, yeah. of I do a lot of in Eritrea, Niger, Zimbabwe, wow. Eastern Africa areas. That it's amazing. Unfortunately, they don't have the opportunity that we do in this country. What was your What was it like for you to go to Africa for the first time? I'm actually curious about that. You know, it, it's incredible. It's really, really the most. Uh, amazing uh thing to see mm-hmm. uh the hosp- hospitality of the people mm-hmm. the way the way they welcome you it's it's very very uh hospitable countries mm-hmm. different in different countries uh, obviously in africa yeah. is different but in general the 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 people are very hospitable I always say and it's funny that you seem to be the kind of person who agrees with me I always say we come from culture that's about the village. We come from a culture where we're supposed to stick together. We lift each other up. You know, the elders are respected. We teach the younger people. And I feel like in America, we kind of lost some of that here. Um, and I'm always trying to create it myself. And doing shows like this, I get to do shows like this. You're, you're part of my village, Lewis, now. I know he's part of this village. It's like you're the same way. You want to you create that kind of that togetherness here, too, in, in business and otherwise. Absolutely. I agree. I agree in, in that family orientation uh, because it's that's where you learn your values. That's where you learn 
uh, the loyalty that mm-hmm. you know someone needs to be able to uh, to give forward as well. What do you say? Because you because you're going to these schools and things. What do you say to people? Some of the kids that are like that feel like there is just no hope. I mean, we, we go we turn on the news and there's all kinds of stuff we hear out all the time. How do you, what do you say to them? You, you know what I I my first my thing is is believe in yourself. But don't look at what other people tell you. Don't hear or don't listen to other what other people tell you. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you love what you do, if you want to do it, the opportunity is here. It's just you have to go out and do it. Learn how to do it and then go do it. And that's what I tell I'll tell everybody. It's don't listen to the negativity. Don't listen. It's because of your environment. You can't uh, move forward. Learn what you would want to do, okay. and then go out and do it. That's smart, actually. Learn, yeah, learn it. Master it. Learn exactly. It. Yes, and then you can go out there and show people. And, they, and, and, and someone out there is going to not be able to deny your talent, obviously. They'll be like, oh, my God, yeah, this person knows what they're doing. They're going to have to hire you or have to, like, accept what's going on with you. And the thing is, one of the things is, and I, I teach my kids the same thing is, don't go, don't initially do it because it's the best paying job. Oh, yeah. Because what happens is, if you don't like to do it, then it's, you're never going to be great at it. Oh, okay. Do what you want to do first. Listen, figure it out, what that is. And some people might not know that yeah. initially. Uh, they might not understand what they want to do. Uh, but what they eventually, when they grow in, they figure out fireman, policeman, yeah. whatever that might be. Obviously, a policeman might not be in the top uh, yeah, list <laughs> now. But uh, yes. you know, but in in growing up, we had some respect for the police. Yeah, police yeah. was respected mm-hmm. to become, and you wanted to become that kind of a. True. Now, unfortunately, that's been tainted. That, yeah. Uh, but um, for the most part. Do what you want to do, learn it, and then pursue it. I think it's, I think it's great advice. I, uh, it took me 40 years to find my calling. But I know that everything that I did is not a mistake, obviously. I mean, I had other careers and things, but you're right. I went after the money at first. Well, I came up in the 80s where it was just like, money, 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 get the money, get the money. And parents said, you go to college and do this because it's money. And then I learned that not all money is good money. <laughs> and I was making, I was, I was making, I, had, I, had a, I mean, I had a job. I was making $100,000 a year plus benefits, and I hated it. My stomach hurt every day. Like, literally, it hurt. And so when I quit that job, my stomach stopped hurting. Everybody thought I was crazy, but I'm much happier now than I was then. Absolutely. You know, I always, um, when I started my business in telecommunications, I was the vice president of operations for AT&T. Oh, wow. Okay. I was earning uh, for data centers. I was earning a, a very, very uh, cushioned job, all benefits paid. And I had some money in the bank as well. But I hated my job. I hate going, I hated <laughs> yes. going to work every day. So I quit my job to start my business. It took me about three years, broke, borrowing money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, but what the most, what I did have, and everybody telling me, oh, why don't you get yourself a job? Yeah. I finally 
I but I believed in myself, mm-hmm. and today, uh, this year, my company is going to do four hundred million dollars in Hello. sales. Let's drop the mic, everybody. Let's just drop the mic. That's it. So, exactly. No, exactly. Just stick believe it out. in yourself. I do. I agree with that. You, you, have to be, you have to be your biggest fan and cheerleader. You have to be. Absolutely. Just kind of to do this. I've learned that also. People, will, people are always going to tell you what they think. They're going to give you their opinion, which is just that. They're going to tell you – some people are even well-meaning people. Because that's the one that I always try to tell people sometimes. It's the ones that are you're close to who are well-meaning. could be a parent. could be a sibling. could be a partner that's going to try to tell you, no, you shouldn't do this. Or why the reasons why you shouldn't. You have to kind of you have to kind of blink them out too and go nope I, I really believe in this and do it. Absolutely, you you know one of them was my wife. She's like <laughs> you better go get yourself a job. Uh, you know and 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 you start sometimes and there's no doubt sometimes you start thinking about mm-hmm. whether am, am I doing this or can I do it and there's doubts that creep up. But if you continue doing the right things, eventually right. Think the results will be the right things. I like that. Where are you from? I'm originally from Brooklyn, New hey, York. Hey, Brooklyn. My, my grandmother right now, they, they, re, they keep renaming these areas. When I grew up, it was Park Slope, and now it's yeah. called Kensington, where she lives. She's, yeah. Fort, she's Fort Hamilton Parkway. Okay. Um, so I go back there all that. the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, she's actually around the corner from actual Prospect Park, basically. Uh, but they named it Kingston, Kingston now. I'm like, what's the, I don't know what that is. I'm like, I didn't grow up with that over there. But I love Brooklyn. <laughs> love Brooklyn. Like, like That's why I like you. I can tell. The New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, I, I was born and raised in, uh, well, I was raised in Flatbush. Okay, Flatbush. Yes. And uh, did you come from a family where, uh, what kind of family did you come from? Your parents, were they like workers or? Um, my, no. Actually, I was raised in a single family home. Okay. Uh, my mother was a, she, my mother came from Spain, actually. Wow. Okay. Uh, she was born, and she's actually came here as a flamenco dancer Ooh. in the Ed Sullivan show. Oh my God! How fun! Yeah. <laughs> so, and then she met my dad, and we, uh, and then obviously my dad was actually a professor, um, and oh, wow. you know, well, he left when yeah. I was five years old, but my mom worked hard, <clears throat> different jobs, yeah. and, and I was, you know, we we were. Good enough kids that we were listening to, you know, to my mom. Obviously, we got a little bit of trouble, but yeah. for the most part, I I knew in my heart that I, um, you know, the street life wasn't the right way. Perfect. Uh, and so, why do you think? Why do you think you didn't? Same. I grew up in I grew up in South Central here in L.A. and then I didn't succumb to it either. How did? What do you think was about you that you didn't succumb to that? That you knew that was the wrong thing. The you know I. It's my. It was my association. Fortunately, I used to play uh, sports, and okay. Okay. the kids that I my association was in the association that was doing the. Uh, we were looking to do play ball and, and, and better ourselves. I think association is important. Yes. Understanding uh, your values that's being taught at home. My mom always taught us the right values, uh, making sure that who we associate ourselves are is going to better us not lower us that is an act folks out there that is a great message who you surround yourself with actually really makes a difference it makes a big difference um because that, that was like that was me too same thing i knew i knew the gangbangers i knew all the folks who were doing all the stuff and even some of them i grew up with and were kind of friendly with but i'd hang out with them enough that i wanted to be part of that 
Right. And it kept me kept me going. So then did you go to school after that, after high school, go off to do all this? So I went to the middle. I was in the uh, Marine Corps oh, uh, okay. from high school, okay. went to the Marine Corps, and I learned my telecommunications in, in the Marine Corps. Oh, I did wow. eight years in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I when I got out in 1988 from Marine Corps, I uh, went and I really didn't know what I really wanted to do at that time. Yeah. And it was by a fluke that I met a friend of mine that was uh, in the Marine Corps with me mm-hmm. who worked at Pac Bell back in the day. Oh, Pac Bell, that's and, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I started, you know, the first commercial job that I had working uh, in telecommunications. And from there, Pacwell got bought out by SBC, got bought, and then oh, yeah. AT&T got bought them out, worked for AT&T. And in 2001, I started my own business. Okay, so now explain to folks out there just the basic terms of what telecommunications is. So what we do is we, uh, specifically my job, is we do voice uh, voice termination. So when someone calls, uh, makes a phone call today, there's a bunch of networks or uh, uh, satellite connections that we, we put together that goes to, let's say, an international call goes to uh, Zimbabwe. Okay. We connect. We we're the terminate. We're the conduit from the U.S. Okay. from let's say a Verizon into the uh, country liquid into Zimbabwe, which the terminating carrier over there is liquid. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. That's- okay. Now, why two other telecommunications for you? What what did, what attracted it to you that you have got into it and stuck with it? You know, the telecommunications was something. It, the 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 um, how it grew. I I learned. I'm a network engineer. Okay. I have a degree in network engineering. Okay. So and I actually got the degree in the military. Wow. So good. Okay. Okay. When I uh, came out, I learned the eval the uh, evolution of data that is today. Before when I got out. It wasn't really data. wasn't what we have the internet oh, yeah. or any of that. Oh, yeah, not at all. Yeah. But I saw the uh, evolution of of data of where we at today. But the VoIP calls or the what we do before yeah. was actually created for the military for the soldiers on the field uh, to be able to instead of using the big old rucksack with the yeah. antenna that you yeah. saw in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, back then, in the 70s and early 80s, they, they had these helmets that the guy from the central office was able to communicate to the soldiers on the field. Wow. And that's how it was evolved and then went to the sector. But the private sector didn't have the infrastructure to be able to uh, facilitate the VoIP calls. Yeah. Today... 90% of the calls are done through VoIP, and it's all done through satellite communications, which is what I do. Wow, that's amazing. Um, what I was going to ask you, too, is what did the military bring to you? It's brought me structure, though. Okay. It, it, military brought me, it, was, it taught me how to work with people. Mm, okay. It taught me how to, uh, it gave me a sense of structure and being able to be, have if I had a subordinate or if I had a head, mm-hmm. it allowed me to work within that uh, chain of command. Uh, so 
I was able to then learn how to manage people mm, as yes, well okay. as to be managed. That's actually a good quality to have. Both good qualities to have. Actually, you know how to manage people and be managed. That's a great thing, actually, because you need to navigate the business world. Absolutely. God, that's great. Um, and so the military, you got the, 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 the telecommunications. I mean, so you've been doing this, you said 2001, you started. But what made you decide to start your own business? Like, that's something that's, that's a whole other animal. You know, it's a whole bunch of stuff. You're like, okay, now I'm going to do this on my own head something. Yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the and a lot of people thought I was kind of That's crazy. a lot of work, uh, I know. Oh, my God. Uh, it. I, I just did not like the the way the structure when AT and T came in, and I felt like I can do it on my own better. Okay, uh, it call me crazy. What I at that time <laughs> people did. I'm sure. And, but I just I hated going to work. I didn't like the yeah. the my boss at the time. <laughs> I understand. And, I understand. and it was more of okay, if you put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And I did. You sure and did. I, you sure you know, did. I, 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 it took me two and a half to three years to get it off the ground, uh, but I did. My company took about two, three and a half, three years, too. I've heard that's kind of an average for some certain industries. It takes two or three years to kind of work it out to a point where it's actually working. <laughs> yeah. Kind of happens. And in that, in that two, well, I want to know in that two and a half, three years as you were going through it, was there ever a time you were like, never mind? Um, you know, kind of thing, or or you just like I'm going to keep pushing through. We're pushing. I'm just going to keep doing this. It, there's many days that you walk up and then you like you once you see your bank account drain. Yes. yes. Uh, your wife asking you how we're going to pay this bill, <laughs> yes. uh, and to, and you know people are saying and 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 having job offers. Oh yeah, to, sure. Yeah. You know, giving to hey, you know, we got this job offer, and and declining it. You start think doubting yourself, uh, but I, I just knew I just I was doing all the right things. Yeah. I, I did the you know got all myself in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. I you know I had the right networks. It's just one. It just needed. I just needed a break, and I got it. You yeah. know it was. I remember it was a, uh, a a gentleman from Guatemala. We hit it off, and uh, we. Did the interconnection with the antennas that we normally do, and then uh, we had the right equipment. I got the funding for the for the business that we needed to get, and the rest is history. I mean, wow. it, it just we. My first after the third year, my business grew about seventy five percent. Oh my god! After that, it grew up. It, it started growing yeah. and growing and growing. Yeah, I think I think you're also part of the. Uh, Right place, right time, too. Just time period. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it, it, it does. You sometimes you, in order to get the right break, mm-hmm. you, it is you know the right place, the right time. Yeah, I believe it. Now let's talk about the other part of what you do. Basically, is uh, film and film production. Yes. So how'd you get into that at first? Because like, you, you've done. Let me read a couple of things you've done: A Weekend with the Family, Will to Love, and the upcoming Only for One Night or yeah, Only yes. for One Night. So how'd you get into film production? So I have some good friends that aren't celebrities. Uh, one of them is Marcus Houston. Okay. Uh, Chris Stokes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So Chris Stokes, Marcus Houston are a good friend of mine. They came over. Uh, at how it, they wanted to do a uh, shoot a movie in my house. Okay. That's how it started. So I said, okay, make sure that gets all cleaned up. My house doesn't get all messed up. So. 
they came and then they sat down and and started telling me about the business and I they needed some funding and they needed some cash and I said okay no problem well let me show me the business okay. and I thought about it and we got back and forth and I, we started with the weekend with the family uh, will to love we actually was the first one okay. and then we started doing uh, weekend with the family only for one night and now we've done uh, about three more. Or oh, very we good. Just, we actually just finished the movie uh, last yeah, last week. Um, actually, Sunday. Oh, wow. We finished. So we that's another one that's coming out. And BT is really the one that we just premiered September 3rd, only for one night. My understanding is that it was the number one rating on BT for that weekend. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, getting into the film industry, <laughs> any apprehension? I, I, you know, I've heard so many horror <laughs> stories about the film. Yep. Uh, but I ha- in, in business, one of the things that I did learn in my telecom company is to be able to have checklists. And I went down the checklist to making sure that uh, certain things were um, made sense to me. Okay, you did. Okay. And, okay. and it did. And uh, there's always a safety net, and there's certain budgets that I I won't go over okay. unless there's a guarantee in distribution. And they've been a you know so far, uh, it's been a very successful um, joint venture with them. Okay, so you so you you approach it like like a business, of course, as you should. You have a you have a checklist of things you go through, a certain amount you of budgeting you will not go over. And I'm sure there's other things too, of course. So that's what you that's how you looked at it as. And that's actually good advice for just anything. When you want to do anything with anyway, any joint ventures with anybody, I'm sure you should have a checklist of things that you will and will not do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and a certain also uh a certain type of movie I will not do, you know. Um uh I I believe that in clean entertainment. Okay. I believe okay. in that, you know, the entertainment should be able to be viewed by anyone. Yes. So uh, I, I, I'm very firm on, on that as well. That was my, that was my next question. It was like, is there, any, is there anything in entertainment you wouldn't? Because, you know, they could throw some stuff at you. Like, we're going to do this and lots of violence and nudity and, and cursing. And I was like, but you're like, no, I have, I have a limit of what I will back. Absolutely. And, and there is, you know, there's a... Um, Definitely something that I, any nudity I will not do, any kind of violence, any uh, even foul language. There's today. There's with the right writers, you can make someone's emotions um, rise or, or with just the the acting, mm-hmm. or just with the uh, certain words that you use without using foul language, you can get your point across um, and portrayed very, very uh, easily. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you're, but the movies yeah. that we've been doing lately is is, uh, is kind of comedy, romantic comedy. Okay. Not a lot of uh, thinking involved in entertainment. Well, you know, you're saying something that um, I do. I do a show, after show here on our sister network, After Buzz TV, for a show called When Calls the Heart. And okay. it's uh, Michael Landon Jr. And, you know, you've heard of Michael Landon, of course, from yes. uh, stuff. So that they, they do these shows where on Hallmark Channel, which is very much family friendly. And what we're finding, there's an audience. There's an audience out there that's craving 
regular just entertainment without a lot of craziness. Absolutely. I, and there is definitely and, and you know, you won't believe it how many people come up and say, oh, that I really liked it. You know what? I, I liked it because it didn't have this mm-hmm. or it didn't show that. Uh, I I believe that there is a uh, certain um, structure in movies that, or something, certain void of cleanliness that's in the entertainment today. Today, entertainment they're sending so much filth, mm-hmm. I believe, violence mm-hmm. and, and and drugs and all that, and glamorizing as opposed mm-hmm. to really cleaning it up and being wholesome entertainment. I agree, and like you said. Programs that where you, the kids, the grandkids, grandma, and all sit at the same time, watch it, still go through the emotions, still, I mean, have happy moments, sad moments, but it's not like you're cringing because now here comes the sex scene, or here, exactly. comes, here comes the excessive cussing, or here we go, blow the person's brains out. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like, especially on TV especially, it's kind of nice to see regular, just straight up, like when I was a kid, we had regular programming. We saw just regular, it was just stuff on TV that wasn't, wasn't bad or anything. But I think it's really interesting that nowadays you just mirrored it again for me. There's an audience that really wants it. And if your show is number one, I mean, that mean, that makes sense. There it is. Yeah. You, you build, they will come, obviously. Absolutely. And, and the networks, the networks really, really um, enjoy that as well. Yeah. It's, you know, they, it doesn't ha- we can be number one without the the graphics yes. and you know so there's certain networks that we won't go to certain networks that we we stay within our um, sweet spot I guess mm-hmm. if you want to say yes and you know and they're we're happy with that as that's well. great that's, that's so that's so great that you get to diversify yourself and, and, and okay so at, at, you know we're a little older well, I'm not gonna say our, our ages we were just we're a little we're older <laughs> gentlemen um, do you find Work and work ethics are changing for you. Do you see it? Does it feel different for you these days as you guys you get a little older? Yeah, you know it, it, it does. It, um, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> it, it definitely does, and unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of the um, how. You know, I'll give you an example. One of the things that I find that's changing is customer service. Yes, and people. The customer service, you pick up the phone, you're trying to get, and they're not the same customer service. They're not trying to help you. They're tr- they're trying to get you off the phone yes. and go to the next one. Yes. And that same custom, that same mentality, I, I see it in different aspects, in whether in retail, whether mm-hmm. in, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, cu- customer service food over the service, phone. Food service sometimes. Food service, yes. exactly. Yeah. And the work ethic is not there. Uh, and everybody expects to be, you know, especially the younger ones. Sometimes you, they expect something there, or they're entitled mm-hmm. for something when they really don't have that. Enti- they shouldn't be entitled to do to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids, you know, they were uh, raised, you know, privileged. <laughs> yes. But but one of the things that I've told them is, and, and show they never. You know, while their friends got brand new cars, they didn't. Uh, they had to pay the for the insurance. Yeah. They had to pay something for that car, um, because my thoughts was is I want you to understand that you have a bill now, or there's something that you have to put in for this car. 
mm-hmm. that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to learn the value of a, of a dollar today. Both of my daughters are independent. My youngest one is 21 years old. My oldest one is 32, and all three. And my middle is tw- is 30, and all three of them are independent, well off, oh, uh, in their careers. And they're just because they understand the value of a dollar, and they understand what it's how what it takes to earn it. First of all, you look too young to be having 32 year old children. Uh, I'm a grandfather myself, so I know how that is. So I'm like, it's kind of crazy. It's like, we're too young for this kind of stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, grown, they're grown women. But it's, it's, it's great that your daughters, especially, because, you know, for women, that they're out there independent, they're strong, and they're making it for themselves. It's great. Yes. And it's, it comes, again, it goes back to the values at home and teaching them the right values. And I see a lot of the young kids today, they don't have those things. No, they don't. They're, they're, they're expected, they, they, they're entitled, they think it's entitled to them, that you need to give it to them. How, did you, I, how, did, how did you balance um, entrepreneurship and raising your children? You know what? I have that credit is uh, got to be given to my wife. My wife is. Uh, is one of my strongest backbones. We've been, uh, you know, this year we're going to be married. Uh, we're going on 30 years. Congratulations. And um, I'm uh, extremely, extremely fortunate to find someone that supports me, that balances me, and helps, you know, when I'm not there, my wife picked up the, you know, because I traveled a lot. Yeah, yeah. So my wife was able to be there for me to, uh, to help with the kids. And, you know, and we, and then spend as much quality time. It wasn't necessarily the quantity. Got it. But when we did, we spent it together. So very much a team. Team effort. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely team effort. And that's, I tell people all, I tell people all that in personal life, you have to have a team, just like business, you got to find a good, you got a good team to make Absolutely. things make things run. That, that's so, that's so exciting. What keeps you grounded these days, as your businesses keep growing and you're more success? How do you stay Lewis from from Flatbush? You know, it's family. It, it really is. It's you know, it's family. It's the believe in God. Um, you know, I'm a very, I believe in. in I'm a very religious person. So I don't allow this success that I have to get to me. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and the more I have is the more I want to give back. Yeah. Is pretty much. I love hearing that because my, you know, my, my motto on my show here is lift each other up, share knowledge, and pay it forward. And I always, yes. that's always my thing in my personal life, too. I try to do the same thing. Because, again, I'm trying to show people, and that's why I have people, folks like you on my show that exemplify that but also to show that we can, as people of color, we can work together. And that there are people out there who are trying to assist others, people of color. We're trying to help each other out. So we are so we make this nation strong and our you know our community strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that's the key is, you know, if each one of us would give a hand to the one that needs help, then a lot of us would be up. I agree. Now what is it like being Black Enterprises, one of the modern men? How was, what was that like? Did you like, did you like the attention? Was it weird? Was it <laughs> crazy? You know, it, 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 it was an honor. And, yeah. you know, using that platform to be able to express, you know, certain qualities that I might be able to give to someone who might be able to read it, it's definitely an honor. For me, yeah. it was an honor to, to be able to, uh, uh, given that, uh, that 
It was a great it was a great article. I did read it. Great pictures of you. Nice, nice picture of you also. Good stylist. So it's good. <laughs> uh, which is very important for us that so we look good out there. Okay, so I, I, I asked my guests the same two questions, and my viewers out there know I don't prep them at all with these questions. I ask them, you know, here on the spot because I want the most real honest current answer that you have. Uh, it's the same two questions about language. You know, Lewis, I know you understand this, that language to me is very important on how you view yourself, view others. It can keep you back. It can hold you back. It also propel you forward. My first question to you is, sir, what is one word in the English language that you think we should never say? Um, for me... I never use the any derogatory word. Uh, I don't use the N word for sure. Okay. Um, and I don't use the word F. The okay. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Now the reverse of that. Um, what is one word you think we should say more of in our vocabulary? I think you can we can say more love. Yeah. Uh, it's very underrated. It's a word that we just don't say enough or take for granted sometimes, I think. Yeah. You know, it, if I thought about it, the the opposite of that, I would probably would be less word is hate. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely used I would not use the word hate because in reality if we use for someone to really use the word hate, it's got to be something deep and negative yes. inside you. Yes. And sometimes the word, you know, like kids will say, I hate you. It's like, you don't hate me, obviously. You just, you're just saying it to hurt me on some level. Right. It's not, it's not, so it's not, you actually love me and you're upset. You're upset with whatever, especially when I say when I have kids, I would say, you can't do that. I hate you. Well, no, you don't. You're just upset. I won't let you do what you want to do. Right, um, but you still love me, obviously. So I kind of, I think it, I agree. Love and hate are kind of the reverse of each other, but they're very, they're all under the same umbrella of what of love, basically. I think. Absolutely, I think so. Absolutely, Lewis, uh, think- you know, they, what I don't like is how people use the N word in, in in describing each other. I hate that. Same here. You know? Same here. And I think it's a generational thing too because. It's like our generation really does get that. Like we're not. Yeah, really, yeah. It's, a, it's the ones after us that they, that we're reclaiming whatever. I mean, to me, it just seems like it's this. It's it has a negative connotation, no matter as if it ends in e r or g a. It's still yeah. a negative connotation that we're putting out to the universe and affects all races when we say it. Absolutely, absolutely. I just, I'm just not. I've never, I've never used that word to describe myself or my friends. I've no, I just have never done that. Yeah. So I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, sir, thank you so much for being on my show. I, it was an absolute pleasure, and I really uh, was honored, and I appreciate the time that, uh, that I, I've been here. Thank you so much. You, you are doing great things, folks. That was Louis Ariola. He's doing great things. And hopefully we'll talk in the future soon. I'm looking forward to more success with your stuff. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys, that was Louis Ariola, and he's a, a great guy, and I'm just so happy that he came on my program here on Black Hollywood Live. I try to bring you guys a very diverse, very, very diverse um, amount of guests here. Uh, stay tuned. I have another Breaking Into coming up soon with uh, Robert G. He's the next episode there. You can follow us on our Breaking Into page on Facebook. 
that's breaking into. And then you can follow me at James Lott Jr. on all their social media platforms using the hashtag breaking into. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you. From producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.